Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the Captain's Log Sermons. You'll be hearing Nathan preach not only at Liberty Grace Church, but also at surrounding churches. We hope that this is an encouragement to you and that you're blessed. See you all again uh, this morning. It's great to be back amongst you and to be able to come and speak to you from God's Word. And as I start, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers. I hope that today has been going really well for you guys and you've been treated uh, very well, hopefully, with uh, a meal or something from your families. I just want to let you know that we love you and we appreciate all that you've done for us. As I get started this morning, I want to ask you a question. If I were to say the words, just do it to you, what is the first thing that pops into your mind? I asked that same question to a group of high schoolers, and I was working at a church in St. Catharines, and uh, one, one of the younger, more athletic guys, he looked almost offended that I would ask him this question or in, in any way suggest that he might not know the answer. And so he, he looked at me and he said very indignantly, just, the brand. And the brand that he was thinking of is probably the same thing that most of you thought of as well. The brand that we associate with uh, a curved check mark and a lot of athletic sportswear, um, because just do it is the very famous slogan of Nike. And companies use these types of slogans, these just uh, quick, short phrases, uh, to help you remember their company. They're meant to be uh, snappy and memorable so that you remember who they are and will always associate that slogan with their brand. I could probably stand here and list off slogan after slogan after slogan and uh, for the most part you'd be able to match everyone with the company they belong to. But the thing about those slogans is they don't actually tell you a whole lot about what the company does. If someone who'd never heard of Nike asked you what they did and you said, well, their slogan is just do it, they wouldn't walk away from that conversation with any better idea of what the company was actually all about. And so because of that, companies also have something else that's called a mission statement. Again, it's meant to be uh, short and quick, but it's meant to actually tell you what the company is all about. Whereas a slogan is just so you remember who they are, a mission statement tells you what they're all about. So for example, Nike's mission statement is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. So hearing that, you have a much better idea of what the company's all about than you do just hearing, just do it. Another very famous company, Google, their mission statement is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. So you hear these mission statements and immediately you have some idea of what these companies are all about and what their purpose is. But companies aren't the only ones who, who use these mission statements. Churches, many, uh, many churches also have a mission statement. Growing up, my home church of West Highland, our mission statement was to make the word of God fully known and the people of God fully mature. And at uh, Harbor Fellowship, the church I worked at in St. Catharines, our mission statement was walking with people from disenchantment to discipleship. And now at Liberty Grace, where Lane and I are now, our mission statement is to introduce Liberty Village to the beauty of a relationship with Christ. And so you hear these mission statements and instantly you, you have some idea of what the church is all about and what its purpose is, what they're trying to accomplish. 
Well, today what we're going to look at is a, a passage in which one of the most famous authors in the Bible gives us his own personal mission statement. So not for a company, not for a church, but for his own life, what it is that defines his life and what it's all about. And so I want to invite you to join me in the book of Romans, and we're just going to focus on the first seven verses of the first chapter of this book. The book of Romans, it's a letter that's written by Paul to the church in Rome. And the, these first verses, verse 1 to 7, act as his, his introduction, his greeting to the church. He's introducing himself. And uh, in the very first verse, Romans chapter 1, verse 1, this verse really serves as Paul's personal mission statement, what he's all about. It's that, that quick one-sentence summary. This is what it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 1 says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. So that's it right there. The, the one sentence summary of Paul's entire life, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. And so the next couple of verses up to verse 7 are, are Paul explaining or expanding a little bit on that mission statement, explaining what actually all of that means. And so as we look at this passage, we're, we're going to ask a couple of questions together. And uh, as, as we go through, we're going to answer two different questions together this morning. And then I'm going to leave you at the end with a question to answer on your own. And so the two questions that we're going to answer together today are these. First, what is the gospel? Paul says that he's been set apart for the gospel, so what is the gospel? And second, what does it actually mean to be set apart for the gospel? And so beginning with that first question, Paul begins uh, by, by making that statement that his life has been set apart for the gospel. In the next couple verses, verse 2 to 4, he explains a little bit of what that gospel is. The entire book of Romans has been described as Paul's clearest and fullest explanation of the gospel. And that begins right here in verses 2 to 4. This is what he says. It says, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son who descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so you look at these verses and you see that ultimately they culminate with Jesus Christ. This gospel, which literally means good news, is ultimately the good news about Jesus Christ. But it's interesting to see that, that Paul doesn't start there. He starts with taking a step back, looking back in time a little bit. He doesn't just say, okay, the, the gospel that's about Jesus. We all know who that is, so we're just going to move on. Instead, he starts by saying that this is the gospel that God promised so many years ago. You know, when we, we think of our Bibles, we often think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as being the, the parts of the Bible that are about Jesus. These are the four Gospels that tell the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. We think the rest of the Bible, it, it's, it's about God, but it's got its own thing going on. Those four books are the parts that are about Jesus. But in reality, the entire Bible from start to finish, every part of it is about Jesus. From the very first verse to the very last verse, every part of it is about Jesus Christ. 
You know, the very beginning passages of the Bible, Genesis 1 to 3, they tell about how God created a perfect world, how he created humans in his image to live in that perfect world, in a perfect relationship with him. But how humans decided to rebel against God, to disobey him, and so broke that relationship, that perfect relationship that had once existed. And every single one of us has made that same choice to disobey God, rebel against him, do our own thing. And again, break that relationship. And because of that rebellion, each and every one of us deserves death. Because that rebellion that's that's known as sin, and Paul later in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, he tells us that the wages of sin is death. But he doesn't stop there. He finishes in saying that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, the, the entirety of the 39 books of the Old Testament, every part of it, tell the story of God's promise that even though humanity continues to rebel against him time after time after time, he would send a savior to rescue them and to pay the penalty for their sins. And for years, God sent prophets to remind his people of that promise that he'd made, to call his people to live in obedience to him, to turn away from that rebellion and to live according to God's law. Verses 2 and 3, they're they're reminders that this gospel, that this has been promised by God from the very beginning of creation. That God has never forgotten his promise. Over thousands of years, God remained faithful to that promise. And so what is the gospel? The answer to that first question is the gospel is the story of God's faithfulness throughout history, ultimately culminating in Jesus Christ. The entire Old Testament is meant to look forward to the coming of Christ And everything since is meant to point us back to him. It's all about Jesus. And so moving on to our our second question, we've looked at what is the gospel? And so second, what does it mean for us to be set apart for the gospel? Well, now that Paul's established what the gospel is in verse 5, he goes into a bit more detail what he means by that, that he's set apart for the gospel of God. This is what he says in verse 5. It says, Through whom we've received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. At this point, I, I just want to take a moment to look at that first part of Paul's mission statement where he says that he was called to be an apostle. He repeats that here in verse 5, claiming that he's received grace and apostleship. Understanding that word, it's, it's an important part of understanding what it means to be set apart for the gospel. You know, the definition of that word apostle is this, that an apostle is properly one sent on a definite mission in which he acts with full authority on behalf of the sender and is accountable to him. So within the New Testament context, this word referred to those that Jesus had specifically sent out to preach the gospel and had given special authority to. Specifically, it's, it's talking about his, his disciples as well as Paul. 
And we read the story of Jesus commissioning Paul in the book of Acts in chapter 9, verse 1 to 20. But I specifically want to read for you verse 19 of, or verse 15, which is talking about, uh, talking about Paul, who was then called Saul. This is what it says. Go for he, uh, he being Paul, is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And so Paul writes that he has received grace because of the gospel. But he has also been sent by Christ on a very specific mission. And the verse continues to explain what that mission is. He says, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. And so Paul's mission, the mission of his life, has become calling others to obedience in Christ. So to be set apart for the gospel, as Paul has described, it means calling others to obedience in Christ. And it's also important to to note those last couple of words in that verse where he says, For his name's sake. This is a a mission that Paul is living out not for himself, for for his own status or or popularity or glory. He's not doing this so that he will receive lots of praise. If you you read through the book of Acts and and the story of Paul's journeys and and, uh, his, his different interactions with various cities, you'll see that he was actually an incredibly unpopular person because of this mission, because of what he preached. He caused many riots. He he was thrown in prison. His life was in danger time and again because of what he was preaching. This was not for his own popularity. The reason Paul does what he does, the reason his life is defined by being set apart for the gospel is for God's glory, not his own. And so to answer that second question, what does it mean to be set apart for the gospel of God? It means calling others to obedience in Christ for the glory of God. So verses 6 and 7, they provide the the conclusion to this greeting that that Paul gives to the church in Rome. And specifically, verse 6 is really important as Paul reminds the church that this calling to be set apart for the gospel, this is not just for him. Look at what he says in verse 6. It says, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. He's telling the church here that they, they are a part of the mission that God had given to Paul. To, to call them to obedience in Christ. And now the church, they have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. And so for everyone who has trusted in Jesus, has given their life to him, this should be the way that our life is defined. Paul's reminding the church that his life has been set apart for Christ and that the, the same is true for everyone who trusts in him. If you've given your life to Christ, then your life has been set apart for the gospel, very similar to the ways that Paul's was. If you've been called to belong to Jesus Christ, then you've also been given a very similar mission to share the gospel and to call others to obedience in Christ. 
We've not been given the, the same authority as apostles, as the, the disciples were, and as Paul was, but we have been given a very similar mission. At Liberty Grace, uh, over the past number of weeks, we've been working together uh, through a series on evangelism, looking at what the scriptures have to say about sharing the gospel with people around us. And we began this series looking at Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, which is the Great Commission in which Jesus gives his disciples this great mission. This is what he says. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is the mission that Jesus has given to everyone who follows him, to go to make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that he has commanded. And so now we've answered our two questions together. What is the gospel? The gospel is the story of God's faithfulness throughout history, culminating in Jesus Christ. And what does it mean to be set apart for the gospel? It means calling others to obedience in Christ for the glory of God. So now it's time for me to, to ask another question, and a question that I'm going to leave you to answer on your own. In these first verses uh, of the book of Romans, we've seen Paul's mission statement, what has defined his life, what his life is all about at the very core. And so the question I want to ask you is, what is yours? What's your mission statement? What defines your life? If you had to sum it up in, in one quick statement or sentence like Paul does here, what would you say is the mission statement for your life? You know, maybe you're watching this morning and you don't know the answer to that question. You, you have no idea what your mission statement is. All, all this talk of the gospel of, of Jesus, all this is brand new to you. Maybe you're watching it and thinking that you need to reevaluate your mission statement a little bit. You need to reevaluate what your life is all about. Look at what is defining your life. Well, if that's the case, I, I want to invite you today to turn and trust in Jesus Christ. Paul states very clearly later in the book of Romans, in chapter 10, verse 9, that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I would invite you to do that today, to, to turn and to trust in Jesus. Or maybe you're, you're sitting here and you've heard all of this before but you're realizing that you need to take a moment and remind yourself to focus on the gospel. Remind yourself what should be defining your life. I know this is a category that I fall into so often where I need to remind myself what should be defining my life. I want to remind you again of what Paul says in verse 6 when he tells the church, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. If you have turned and trusted in him, then you have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. It's such an amazing gift. You've been called to live your life for him. 
So what defines your life? What defines my life? At its, at its core, the answer to that question should always be the gospel. Now, we've been saved by God's faithfulness, and we've been called to live out the mission that he's given us to share the good news and call others to obedience in him. So what is your mission statement? No matter who, no matter who you are, no matter, no matter where you are in your life, I want to end with this invitation. No matter what has defined your life up to this point, I want to invite you today to begin defining your life by the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the gospel. Lord, thank you so much for the the message of, of Jesus Christ. Lord, your faithfulness throughout history to us, that in spite of our rebellion and disobedience, you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, I I know so often I can allow my life to be defined by so many other things. But God, I I pray for for myself and and for the church that our lives would be defined by the gospel. Lord, that our lives would be defined by you. And that we would live our lives in obedience to that calling that you've given us to share the gospel and to call others to obedience in you. And that, Lord, in that, through our lives, you would be brought glory. Not for us, not for our own popularity, but, God, for your glory alone. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today. We hope that this is an encouragement to you. As always, if you want to know more about us and our ministry, feel free to follow us on Facebook or Instagram or go to our website. Thanks so much and see you next time.